support comes from Audiology Center of Northern Colorado, providing caring and comprehensive services with a strong focus on giving back to the community. A private, independently owned practice that provides hearing services to patients of all ages, caring for you as if you're part of our own family. Learn more at audiologycenternoco.com. Corbin versus the World was recorded in front of a live studio audience. The character of Corbin is a work of fiction and is meant to represent your hopes, dreams, and your fears, and bears no resemblance to the real Corbin, who actually hates music. That's what you call ironic. This show was produced without oversight or approval from the FCC, and listening to it is probably a crime where you live. A beautiful, glorious crime. All interviews, jokes, and statements are a figment of your imagination. No one was harmed in the making of this show, except our producer Chris, whose psyche is so fractured at this point that he should probably qualify for disability. Corbin would like to thank you for listening, and encourages you to send him money because you don't really need that cheeseburger, but he does. He'll pay you back eventually. He swears. Anyone who takes offense to any of the content on this show is politely invited to send their hate mail to the Alabama Supreme Court. Now sit back, pour yourself a cool beverage, and enjoy the ride. Loudspeaker Studios. Welcome to another episode of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Allball, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow on this, our final week of February 2024. We had a little bit of a time skip between now and our last episode. You may have thought I was dead. I am not dead. I am alive and well. We are going to have new shows out every other week moving forward. Thank you for your patience, longtime listeners, as we, Collective Corbin versus the World team, we've been working through some real-life stuff, which unfortunately does take some precedence over podcasting stuff, no matter how hard the algorithms scream at us. But we are back, and a lot has happened in the last month since our previous episode, since we last spoke For instance, we'll start off with local news. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Hooray. Barbecue sauce and State Farm commercials for everybody. Hell yeah. Taylor Swift and Beyonce have announced new albums. Hell yeah. Vampire Weekend, new album and tour. Triple hell yeah. And the best part, cherry on top. Nobody gives a shit about the new Justin Timberlake single. Big hell yeah. Well done, January. Well done, February. Great time overall for the music world and the Corbin versus the world world. So as far as this episode goes, we have got some great tunes lined up that I am excited to share with you. We've got some synth pop. We've got some dance punk. We've got some jazz funk and we have got hyphens out the ass for you today. My sincere hope with each show, even more so than people thinking that my shitty jokes are hilarious, is that on each show you will hear at least one song that you will add to your daily rotation, your daily life, to continue helping you grow, appreciate, and enjoy the world just a little bit more. Help me help you. So, let's talk about some good things. I'm enjoying the world a lot. 
right now. Great tunes already out this year and some great moments already from 2024. For instance, we're going to circle back to some stuff I was talking about in the previous show. The Usher halftime show at the Super Bowl. Huh? I am the Nostradamus of the Super Bowl halftime show. Did I not call nearly everything that happened in that show? We got Usher. Boom. We got Usher on roller skates. Boom. We got Alicia Keys. I didn't actually predict that, but it was implied. We got the Yeah reunion that gave my millennial generation the validation and motivation to wake up for the next six months. We got Ludacris. We got Lil John back. Granted, they were not on pogo sticks. They were not also on roller skates. They did not have the goofy transportation devices. But sometimes in life, you got to accept what the universe gives you. When my uncle Cletus got laid off from the mechanical pencil factory in 1993, did he cry about it? About life not meeting his expectations? No. He put on his big boy pants. He screwed on his wooden leg and he sold methamphetamine to teenagers until he was able to find work at the local Home Depot. That's what it's all about, guys. It's about finding those compromises. So we may not have gotten Little John on a go-kart. Sad. But you know what we are getting, guys? We're getting a Little John meditation album. That's a true story. That's not a jerk. That's a real thing that is going to be taking place in 2024. And if I had a dollar for every famous Southern rapper from the early 2000s making an easy listening album, I would have $2, which isn't a lot. But it's weird that it's already happened twice in less than a year. The other one, of course, is that Andre 3000 jazz flute album that came out near the end of last year, uh, which I know I wasn't doing the show at the time that it came out. So I'm just going to do a little voodoo zombie magic here and, and retroactively shout out that album and Andre for one of the greatest artistic achievements of 2023 in which he not only pursued his artistic muse to its fullest potential, because the jazz flute album is good. Once again, no jerking around here. It's a very good album. But he also pulled off an all-time trolling job on the entire world, who've been waiting so long for, you know, just a rap album. But Andre was like, no, I'm Andre 3000. I'm going to hit you with curveballs. Because after all, Rap? Come on. Rap is dead. The real G's, they're making easy listening now. Andre 3000, Lil John. maybe we'll get a Killer Mike piano ballad album, a Scarface harpsichord album, or Tip Top Pinnacle, a ballad of medieval madrigals performed by T.I. That's my dream. So let me dream. And while we are talking about artists getting out of their comfort zone, once again, circling back to what I mentioned earlier, I'm addicted to the new Beyonce country track. Not expecting that. Not on my bingo card for the year, but I am 100% here for it. And here's the main event of this bit here. It is the opening shot in what is arguably going to be the biggest showdown throwdown in 2024 that doesn't immediately involve two senior citizens. I am talking about Beyonce versus Taylor Swift. If you were not aware... The new Beyonce album is coming out just a couple weeks before the new Taylor Swift album, which that is not an accident. We can all agree on that. Now, I'm not going to lie, friends. If anything is going to bring down social media servers, this could be the thing. 
This might actually be the thing that starts the Civil War in A24's Civil War movie. We're all going to be telling our kids and our grandkids where we were the exact moment that the great Bayhive versus Swifty War began. And you know what, Taylor? I'm just telling you right now that the advantage is with Beyonce. The ball is in your court now because Texas Hold'em, that is a fucking killer track. 16 Carriages, eh, it's good. Not in love with it, but it's good. But Texas Hold'em, so good that it would actually get me to line dance sober, which is an achievement considering my well-documented hatred of coordinated group dancing. Shouts out Cha-Cha Slide. Shouts out DJ Casper. But let's not get it twisted. It's not like this is a one-sided contest by any stretch of the imagination. Right now, we are living in Taylor Swift's America. Taylor is the Roman Reigns of pop music. Beyonce is Cody Rhodes trying to finish her story. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I really thought beginning of this year when everything was cold and we all had time for reflection, I thought that we were hitting a little bit of a Taylor Swift hiatus. I thought we were taking a break. She had already accomplished so much. She had the tour, the film, the attention, the football, and then it all culminated in the Grammy win. She was going to ride off into the sunset for just a little while to go on a sort of victory lap. But no. When she won that Grammy and announced that new album, that was Taylor Swift's Heisenberg moment. That was when Taylor Swift said, we are done when I say we are done, because this Swift train is not stopping for anybody. Now, let's acknowledge something. Love Taylor Swift. Hate Taylor Swift. Whatever. We must acknowledge she is a pop culture force right now on a scale that has not been seen in decades I never lived through the Michael Jackson era. I never lived through the Beatles era. And we're going to be talking about the Beatles in just a little bit. But right now, I didn't live through those illustrious musical eras. But guys, it is starting to feel like we may have hit that point again. She is everywhere. She is everything. Taylor is on the radio. Taylor's in the news. She's in sports. She's in politics. If they did, they live again. The Roddy Piper with the magic glasses. If Roddy Piper put on those glasses right now and he saw through all the advertisements and he looked at a picture of Taylor Swift, you know it would be underneath it? Another picture of Taylor Swift. That's how ubiquitous. That's my word for the day. Ubiquitous. Taylor is in our 2024 universe. She is so powerful that if we could harness the sheer celebrity command that she has had in these last couple of years, it would make the Fukushima nuclear disaster look like a fat guy on a power bike with chest pain. We could send a man to Venus. We could send Venus to Jupiter, but we can't do that yet because right now the war is brewing. We got to wait. We got to wait for that first single. That first music video and the inevitable Beyonce feud. And then the fuse will be lit. The great battle for the Billboard charts will commence. And who can say who will be the victor when the dust settles? I don't know, but I'm here for the ride. So enough pop talk. Let's talk some current music. I'm going to be playing for you. Our opening track is going to be brought to you by a group called Tan Lines. You might know them. They've been around for a hot minute. Their most notable release being their debut album called Mixed Emotions all the way back in 2012. And if you are looking to bring some more pristine quality synthy poppy into your life, you should absolutely seek that out at your earliest convenience. Or at the very least, listen to the first three songs on the album, which I consider the best and very emblematic of what I think is a very core sound of indie music in the early 
2010s if you're looking to jump into a time capsule it's that very big sounding i want to call it like arena synth where it's like these big thumping drum machines big crystal cave synths and the singer has got like the teeniest little bit of reverb in their mix just to let us know that they're human like us but their emotions command the power of gods. That's the feel I'm talking about. If we're talking about like a torch carrier for that sound, churches, chiverches, as they're more commonly known, that's that's the band I would really say is like the Bon Jovi of that sound. 2010s, I would say like a third of the bands during that time sounded like that. One third of them were recording in cabins and doing their best Mumford and Sons impression. And then one third were writing like garage psych songs about getting high on the beach. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not because I'm right. It was still a very, very good time. Lots of good quality bands that have carried on from that era. Some of them have moved on or evolved that sound, but there are still a few bands who have kept that spirit alive. And Tan Lines is one of them because that's good. And Tan Lines is one of them, which is good because they were damn good at it in the first place. They never needed to change, and that sound has crystallized. They put out a new song last week called Vanishing Point, and that is part of an upcoming 7-inch recording. And it has been growing on me to the point that I just got to play it on the show. It's on the daily rotation, and now I got to share it with you. So if you are nostalgic for that arena synth sound, or if you're looking to soundtrack the credits of your inspirational coming-of-age movie that ends with the protagonist's fist high in the air, then this track is absolutely for you. This is the band Tan Lines and their song, Vanishing Point.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing the song Vanishing Point by the lovely synth pop group Tan Lines. That song, like I said earlier, it's going to be on an upcoming seven inch release from them. And bonus, they also put out a full length album last year, which was their first in nearly a decade. Great job coming out of the cave, guys. I admire your bravery. So a little bit about Vanishing Point. The song, according to its press release when it was sent out, it was actually inspired by a moment on the show, Vanderpump Rules, which is apparently something that one of the members of Tanlines felt strongly enough about to write an absolutely killer prom ballad about. So good on Vanderpump Rules. Great job creating artistic inspiration. And if you don't know what Vanderpump Rules is... Number one, I respect you more as a person, but unfortunately, it is my job to inform, and so that's what I'm going to do, and I apologize in advance. I, because I like going down rabbit holes, did look up Vanderpump Rules because I love the song that much, and I just wanted to see what could create such a beautiful song, and I ended up spending like an hour or two watching a bunch of recaps of the last few seasons. And I will not say that it improved my quality of life by any stretch of the imagination, but I will say I have a deeper understanding of the human condition. So that's what I'm going to share with you. Vanderpump Rules is a spinoff of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So buckle up. You know what you're in for now. Uh, It's a reality show quote unquote, you can't see me do the air quotes, but just imagine. And it is about Lisa Vanderpump, which is a real name, not a character from a John Waters movie. Apparently, she has all these swanky restaurants and bars in LA. And the show is all about the drama that goes on between her and her staff and her kids. So it's kind of like succession in a restaurant, but like airhead Beverly Hills style. So like in last season, there was a huge scandal Because Ariana, who's married to Sandoval, found out that Sandoval was cheating on her with her best friend Raquel, who works at the restaurant. Huh, scandal. And Raquel and Sandoval kept denying it until Ariana got a hold of Sandoval's phone behind his back and saw a picture of Sandoval and Ariana FaceTiming together doing nasty stuff. Whoa. She called Sandoval out for it. Big emotional thing. He finally came clean about everything. And then they got into a big fight because Sandoval, of course, couldn't just own it. He told Ariana that Raquel treated him with respect, unlike Ariana, who did not, which was such a Sandoval move. And Ariana got really pissed off at him, rightfully so. And Raquel had to leave the show in disgrace. And it was a whole thing. And um, yeah. Guys, I'm fucked. I'm in trouble. I flew too close to the sun, and now I'm into Vanderpump Rules. It's all because of tan lines. So thanks, tan lines, for ruining my life. As punishment, I'm going to be giving you guys regular updates on Vanderpump Rules when I am pressed for show material. So you have that to look forward to, and uh, I will once again remind you that you get this show for free, so your outrage will mean nothing. Speaking of things that are outrageous, let's talk about more entertainment. Let's talk about movies. Press release came out last Tuesday that Sam Mendes will be directing not one, not two, not three, but four whole ass movies based on the life of the Beatles. And for those of you who are exhausted with cinematic universes, I have horrible news for you. 
There will be four movies because each one will center around an individual member of the Beatles. And you just know that if they're successful, then obviously we're going to get the Avengers style, bring it all together, epic movie where the Beatles get together after the White Album sessions. And they have to team up with the Rolling Stones and Elvis to fight Pink Floyd on the wall or something. I don't know. I'm just mad living right now. And I'm not going to talk shit. I'm not going to preemptively talk shit on the movie. I'm resisting every strong impulse to do so because you never know if a movie is going to be good until it's out. Unless it's a Sony Spider-Man adjacent movie, then you can be pretty confident. But in the main, I'm not going to say that blah, blah movie is going to be trash when all we have to go on is a press release. I'm not going to talk shit. I will instead try to give some optimism to the situation that no matter what, there's no way it will be as corny and silly as Across the Universe was. So I will give Sam his preemptive flowers for that. The man is worthy of praise alone for trying to get a feature-length story out of the life of Ringo Starr. I cannot imagine the sleepless nights that Sam Mendes is about to go through for that alone. I mean, you write a movie about John Lennon, easy. Oh, I'm the funny beetle. Hey, give peace a chance. Rattle your jewelry. Look at my beard. Here's my wife, Yoko. We're in bed. Imagine there's no heaven. Bang. You know, pretty clear arc there. And then George... You got the love triangle with Eric Clapton, you know, whole scandal. You got the stabbing, traveling Wilburys. You know, you got you got some peaks in there. You got some peaks. You got some valleys. Paul might be a bit of a head scratcher, but, you know, I'm sure there's more than enough to work with. But <sighs> Ringo, that's a puzzler. From a hero's journey perspective, like just just your Joseph Campbell angle, like what is the actual climax going to be for that movie what is their dramatic high point in the life of Ringo Starr that is an open question for the community and most importantly are they going to leave out the fact that he was a narrator for Thomas the Tank Engine because to me that is a key piece of Ringo lore so if that is not in there I will be big mad but I will digress and also you know there's a question of who will play them I just want to throw out the Stranger Things kids I think it's a natural progression. And yes, even Lucas, it's the 21st century, grow up. Lucas can play Ringo. So other things before we get to the next tracks. I also know on our last show that I spent an amount of time talking through some emotional issues that I'm going through right now, doing this show all by myself without the aid of my beloved robotic co-host Rico stands for Robotic Information and Companionship Operator, whose whereabouts are currently unknown. Rico, if you're listening, I miss you. And I really thought that I would be strong enough uh, after sharing that to carry the weight of this show and all the hard work that goes into it on my shoulders, me and me alone. But it's been a bit of a struggle, guys. And over this last month of reflection, I realized that I am, in fact, going through the Kubler-Ross grief cycle. I'm mourning a loss. And sometimes you have to admit when you're pushing yourself too hard. So uh, after a long, heartfelt conversation with Shrink GPT, which is my AI therapist, uh, it recommended that I at least make an attempt to move on and make connections uh, with things despite the absence of my best friend Rico, which is hard for me. I have a lot of trust issues now, uh, mainly because of my betrayal from Poom, my hated corporate ex-sponsor. Uh, I have a lot of trouble trusting people now, but life must go on. And so uh, I've taken some steps to assuage 
that loss to mitigate that loss. I would like everyone listening to give a big welcome to my newest show companion and co-host. His name is Chico. He's a giant rubber chicken that I bought from a novelty goods store online during one of my sad shopping binges, and he is great. His vocabulary is a little bit more limited than Rico's, admittedly, so I'll do my best to translate as best that I can, but he said that he is very happy to be here, and he's excited to hear some more music. So let's make Chico happy for my next round of tracks. I'm going to make good on my promise from our previous show. We ended our uh, last episode, which was our first episode of 2024, by playing a song called Live That Way Forever. And that was off the soundtrack to the Iron Claw, A24's pro wrestling family trauma movie. Uh, it featured the artist Laurel Sprengelmeyer on the vocals for that song, who records her own music under the name Little Scream. And I promised that I would be playing some of that music on this current show, which is what I am about to do. Little Scream has put out three albums so far in her career, the first of which, called The Golden Record, not actually gold, metaphorical gold, came out in 2011, very much carries that strong indie folk flavor that I was talking about a little bit earlier, that early 2010 sound. Her second album, 2016's Cult Following, that shows a little bit more of a pivot into like a rhythm based indie pop sound big us girls energy on there and i nearly chose one of the tracks on that album it's called love is a weapon it's a great song check it out that was nearly our featured track for this show but i opted for something a little bit more contemporary and that is off her 2019 release called speed queen which kind of unites those two different sounds into that very nice Goldilocks zone, occupies both spaces. And the track that we are going to hear from that album is an ode to all the pretty shallow people that we meet in our life. Shouts out Vanderpump Rules. And it is called Privileged Child. Enjoy. Family connections Trying to tell me about their lack of convention I've learned to smile through this Moving through worlds like a stewardess New York parties with people who never Speak to me if I didn't know someone better They're trying to get close to Seeing if I'm a pawn or a knight to them Just another friendly sociopath I'm a day 
Welcome back to Corbin versus Vanderpump Rules. You just got done listening to some great music from Little Scream, number one, number two, Dana Gavansky, and number three, Megabog. Little Scream bringing you that track we opened with called Privileged Child. Dana Gavansky, based out of London, been putting out some pretty fun singles this year in support of an upcoming album called Late Slap. That song was called How to Feel Uncomfortable, which may have been written in the back of a Volkswagen. And if you got that reference, then I have a Magic Eye poster to sail you with a sailboat on it. And finally was a track from an artist named Mega Bog out of the Pacific Northwest, which also features Bogs. She put out a great Kate Bush flavored album last year called End of Everything. It's got a very cool apocalyptic tone to it apropos of the title. And that track was lifted from that album and it is called Cactus People. She's got some cool companion merch for sale on her Bandcamp to support that album, including a book of poetry and 
gargoyle candles. Do gargoyles have any significance to the album? I don't know, but you know what's better than candles? Candles in the shape of gargoyles. That's a fact. That's good merchandising. That's good entrepreneurship. And that's what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. I think that candles are a very overlooked item when it comes to music album related merchandise, especially considering how super specific candle companies can get with their scents nowadays. Now, I know that Justin Timberlake's got a new album coming out. He's desperately trying to outrun the Britney allegations, in addition to hoping that we all collectively suffer a traumatic head injury and forget that dog shit Man of the Woods album. So might I suggest, Justin, instead of making yet another Saturday Night Live appearance where you do another, oh, hey, remember Dick in a Box, guys? Instead of that, what if you did a collaboration with Yankee Candle to create the scent of the Timber Lake? If you can't dominate the pop charts, you might as well make a play for the candle charts. That's my career advice, and that is my merchandise advice that you can have for free because I am on a huge consumerism and entrepreneurship kick. I want to tell you all about a new business venture that I am on the cusp of rolling out for the whole world. I'm very excited about it, and I have lost a lot of sleep in the development, but it's going to be worth it. So let's start at the beginning. Like many of you, I was kind of taken aback, surprised to see this buying mania sweeping the country over the Stanley Cups. Miracle of modern marketing that that was. Very jealous. We've been able to convince the world that a giant 40-ounce hunk of drinking metal is a new upper-class status symbol. Don Draper would be very proud. And the wild thing about it is that I watch a lot of TV. A lot. It's why the show only comes out twice a month, which means by extension, I see a lot of commercials. A lot of them have Patrick Mahomes in them. A lot of them have singing and dancing because how else are we going to get musical theater majors paid in this economy? But do you know what I have not seen a single television commercial for? The Stanley Cups. And yet, they are a craze. That shit has been stealth marketed on social media exclusively, and they become the Tickle Me Elmo of 2024 basic white people. Shouts out, Stanley Muggs. I'm going to ride that wave. In the light of this recent success, I'm going to try my hand at becoming an entrepreneur. I have taken an amount of my significant settlement cash from Poom, and I am reinvesting it. I am going to have my money make money for me like the YouTubers told me to. And I am going to generate a competing product to these Stanley Cups. Now, I am the Cody Rhodes trying to finish my business story. Now, I'm going to hit you with some learning here. When you're creating a new product, you have to start by identifying a need. I learned all that from some clips on Shark Tank I watched while I was doing my R&D. You got to identify the need and then your product will fulfill that need. And in America, there is a constant need for something bigger, something louder, something faster, more sparkly, sexier. And that's the need that we will answer with these opposition product Stanley Cups, the Pepsi to their Coke. We're going to accomplish this by doing everything that the Stanley Cup does, but we're going to do it even more. It will be bigger. 
It will be heavier. It will be made out of even more titanium. The straw will be even longer. It will do everything that the Stanley does, but it will do it better. We will flood the market. We will drive the Stanleys from the economic battlefield, and I will finally have the funds and the capital in order to fund my greatest dream, a music festival that will usurp Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, and all the other faded festivals, and it will be called Corbin Stock. There will be purple everywhere. Geese will headline. Maybe Rico will be there. After doing some quick notebook math last week during an insomnia period, I have decided on making an initial investment to create 1,000 of these cups. We'll call it a proof of concept run. They're going to sell out in no time. I will reinvest the income from these cups into making even more cups and so on and so forth. Boom, boom, boom. Money piles up. Corbin stock. Dream accomplished. Very simple. Now, I'm not going to say I'm cheaping out on these. I'm not going to tell you how much I spent on this initial investment. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to try and flex. But let's just say that it would buy a significant number of the new Mortal Kombat 1 Premium Edition with the Combat DLC, including Peacemaker with John Cena as voiceover. So what I did, I called around. And I found a very reputable service that will do the initial manufacturing and the molding and the delivery. Boom. Super convenient. I gave them a brief description of what I was looking for. They said, say no more. And now we're just waiting on it. And they said that it would be here like yesterday. But you know how supply chains are nowadays. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, it's here. At least I think it's here. I also ordered DoorDash and I got some wings from Wingstop, but I think based on the knock, I think it's here. So just um we're we're gonna roll, but um here, just just bear with me here for one second here. Hi, hello. Hi, can you sign this, please? Um, yeah, totally. Oh, that is an awfully big box you got right there. Um, are those, uh, my, my cups are in those, right? Those don't have wings? Just one. Just one cup? Uh, what? What do you mean? That's just one cup. Can you get out of the way and sign, please? I'm already running behind today and I've got to come back with the rest of your order. I can only get like 10 of these into the truck at a time. Uh, this is... This is really heavy. Um, okay, so I... <laughs> see, I, I specifically asked in the order that they be just, like, 10% larger than the Stanley Cups. This is this is a little bit bigger. This is, like, half my height. Did you specify which kind of Stanley Cup? What do you mean, which kind? Is there another Stanley Cup? There's the Stanley Cup that you drink out of, and then there's the Stanley Cup, which is a hockey trophy. There's a hockey trophy that's also called the Stanley Cup, like hockey, like like Happy Gilmore sport, like like Mighty Ducks. That's the name of their trophy too. Dude, I I don't have time for this right now. Can you just let me deliver your giant thing? This is your bill. No! Whoa, 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 whoa. Gee, this this is way, way more than my notebook projections. This 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 has gotta be a mistake. I'm sorry. You ordered 1,000 specially sized cups made of titanium. That's what it costs. <sighs> um, is it too late to cancel? 
I'm just the delivery guy. You can call the number at the bottom of the invoice. Okay, I'm I'm gonna do that. Um, you, I I guess you're good. Do you do you need any help no. with that? Okay, um, I'm. I guess I'll just go back to doing what I was doing before you showed up. Um. Ah! Oh, okay. Don't don't hurt yourself. Ah! Okay, I'm I'm just gonna leave you alone to do your thing. Ah! Okay. Um, are you sure you need help? No. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. Uh. Okay. Uh, guys, I might I might have a little bit of a problem here. Um. So, um. Luckily, we got we got some tunes to to play for you. Where the okay. Um. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna make a phone call. Um, in the meantime, we're gonna hear more music, and everything will be fine right afterward. I swear. Oh my god. Oh god, this is bad. Uh, right. So this this is a band from France. Why do I keep picking bands from France? Band from France. They are called La Security, and this is their song, Le Kick.
Okay, welcome back to Corbin versus the world. I'm Corbin, and I, guys, I I might have messed up. This this I have messed up on a very significant scale. This this is like cosmic level fuck up here. I am just to give you a sense of place. I'm surrounded by these massive cups now um and while while we were uh on our musical break i looked it up and uh the hockey version of the stanley cup which by the way great 
advertising job, NHL. You weren't going to fight that creative real estate at all. You weren't going to let a guy know that maybe just possibly somebody might be trying to, I don't know, order something the size of a Stanley Cup and you didn't want anyone to get their wires crossed. And then that somebody ends up owning a stupid amount of money because of it. Because guess what? You filthy Canadians. That's exactly what happened to me today. Okay. Okay, Chico. I know. And side note, Chico will will honk after after I say that. Okay, Chico. I know. I know. I need to keep my emotions under control. I am sorry, NHL. I didn't mean to call you Canadians. That was my anger talking, and I am better than that. Okay. So just just so everyone listening has proper context, I specifically asked these guys to manufacture these cups 10% larger than the standard Stanley cups. Stanley cups being the drinking cups, which I thought would have been implied. Uh, those Stanley cups, those are, you know, they're, they're less than a foot tall. You know, they fit in your hand, whatever. Uh, the Stanley cup, NHL Stanley cup is three feet tall. That's three times larger. Titanium. You do the math. Um, so I have accidentally tripled my investment, which was way, 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 way more than I was trying to spend on this. And I, I've got an amount of thinking to do right now. And I'm on hold, by the way, if you couldn't hear, I'm on hold. I tried calling customer service for Marty's manufacturing and I am on hold with them. So, uh, if I have to jump off this recording to deal with that, then, uh, yeah, sorry in advance, but, um, this, this, this is not good guys. Um, and they're so heavy too. Holy shit. Uh, they're like 50 pounds of titanium each. It's like trying to move a toddler. Not, not that I would know, but, but here's the thing. I might be able to salvage this because you can still drink out of them because it's got the bowl at the top. We might be able to make lemonade out of this. So anyway, I'm recording a podcast right now. I should probably remember that. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Let's talk about music for a bit. Uh, that'll that'll take my mind off of all this for a second. Let's see, looking at the playlist. Yeah, so that first song in there, that was called Le Kick by French band La Security. And there's some accent marks in there. Uh, and I probably jinxed the pronunciation of that, but it is what it is right now. Uh, fun little blast of bouncy bass, snaky guitars, ominous lady vocals and i thought it would set a nice vibe uh for what is slowly becoming a top five panic attack for me that track was off of their last year release called stay safe but the centerpiece of that trio of tracks literally and metaphorically that was in our second song that was something i've been wanting to play for a while that track was by the band pylon and it is called danger and that track is from the 1980s low-key one of my favorite songs. Pylon is one of those favorite bands, favorite band type bands. Put out just three albums in their time on this earth, and then they broke up for other ventures. But they're a pretty important band for me. It's kind of like if you could take one of my core musical sweet spots, which is just that like abrasive guitar, like, like kind of gang of four guitar, the funky bass, driving percussion, and then the girl shouty vocals thing, you know, kind of that dance punk sound. Any band that has like that that sound to it, there is pylon in their DNA. It's pretty neat that Danger, you know, that's from the 80s, and those other two songs in that trio, 
They were released within the last year, and that's that's 40 years of musical DNA. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll savor the little things, the nice things. And your last track in that trio was Gustaf, G-U-S-T-A-F, which, despite the European-sounding name, they are based out of Brooklyn. And that song was called Starting and Staring, and they've got an album coming out April 5th, and that was the lead single from it. Uh, so, April 1st gives you something to look forward to when the future suddenly seems so very bleak. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yes, uh, yep, hello, hello, yeah, um, yeah, my name is Corbin David Albaugh your hero. And I recently placed an order with Marty's for a bunch of Stanley cups and uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, Oh, so, you know, yeah, great. And also you don't have to laugh about it on the phone. That's I'm kind of dealing with some serious financial shit right now. And I am about to lose my whole court settlement on this. And no, I'm not going to elaborate on that. It's a long story. I just want to know if there is a chance that I could get some kind of reimbursement one way or another, because clearly there was some miscommunication and I don't know if that was my end or your end. And yes, yes, I'm serious. No, I didn't read the contract online. That's the, that's not real. Like you had me do a digital signature. I just typed my name. That, that is not okay. I, I, you, you know what? I, I'm hearing a lot of stuff that I really don't want to hear right now. So I'm going to take the advice of my rubber chicken and I'm going to hang up the phone right now. Have a nice day. No, I'm not going to elaborate on that either. It's my rubber chicken friend. No, I don't need you to contact somebody for me. I'm fine. Have a nice day. Happy New Year. Okay. Ah! Uh, all right. Um, I've got a lot of thinking to do here, guys. This is not good. This is, this is not great. This is like opposite of Andy Williams' least wonderful time of the year right now for Corbin. Okay. Focus on the show. Let's bring it in. Let's talk station things. So if you like this podcast or the tunes or the sound of my voice or anything else like that, Uh, You should definitely make it a point to check out our stream at loudspeaker.org featuring many great podcasts such as this one uh, and also specially curated playlist by yours truly featuring many of the artists that you may have heard on past shows in addition to some old favorites. Also be sure to follow me at Corbin versus the world on Instagram so you can get updates on future shows and all my hilarious music-related memes and, um... Shit, what else? Okay, thank you, Chico. Sorry, my, my brain is in a million different places. You can also hear this show, Corbin vs. the World. You can hear that every Tuesday evening on our stream, loudspeaker.org. We are going to have new episodes out every other week this year. It's always a joy to build and create this show for you, my beautiful listener, my reason for waking up every single day, uh, which I sorely need right now. I am going to have to go to my happy place for a little while, uh, which means that there is going to be a lot of Carly Rae Jepsen in my future. And luckily for me and for you, 
she just put out a collaboration track with the electronic artist Booyan, uh, like the shit you cook with. Uh, and that's called Rare. And it's a very good song. It's beautiful. It's whimsical. It's a synthastic journey to, to deep, deep in the heart feelings. So that will be the note that we will close this show out on as I am increasingly surrounded by intimidating, heavy cardboard boxes. And also on that note, if you know of anyone in the market for drinking mugs that are the size and weight of a Newfoundland dog, please let me know as soon as possible. Or if you know someone who can commit arson on a manufacturing plant, uh, Leo Johnson, if you're out there, call me. Anyway, okay, that might have been a crime, I realize. Anyway, we'll, we'll play some music. Uh, I'm Corbin David Albaugh. I am your hero fighting a battle of financial pain. And this is our closing track, Rare, by Bouillon and Carly Rae Jepsen. Have a good night. Appreciate you.
<laughs> definitely a joke <laughs> never endorse arson um anyway this is my baby my baby chico my baby chicken he makes the honk sound this has been a listener supported production of loudspeaker studios for more on this and other programs visit loudspeaker.org